welcome to the How to Learn Anything course from Plato University, where you're going to learn the science-based tools of pro learners to accelerate your learning, remember more, and master any hard skills. These are the secret techniques they didn't tell you in school. If you're passionate about changing your life with learning, join us at Plato.University to get exclusive content with every lesson. I'm your learning guide, Brandon Stover, and let's get started. All right, welcome to technique number seven. This is going to be the first technique within a series of techniques that is going to allow you to remember things better, uh, working on that engagement piece, practicing and remembering things. And this technique is called a retrieval practice or testing. Now, retrieval practice is very similar to active recall, where we're trying to pull things from our memory that we previously learned and apply them in a new situation. However, the difference between active recall and retrieval practice is active recall is done usually immediately after you learn it. So maybe you're reading something and you look away and you try and actively recall what you just read. Retrieval practice is going to be when you're recalling something much later and usually done through testing. And that's the way we're going to explain it today. So retrieval practice or testing is the process of actively recalling or applying knowledge either for practice or a test. Retrieval practice can be considered an alternative learning method to other options, such as rereading something, highlighting, note-taking, or going back over your notes. Now, testing usually gets a really bad rap, and it probably should, given the way it's conducted in most schools today. Usually, students only study what's necessary for taking an exam, and then forgetting it all almost immediately thereafter. Worse yet, exams are often multiple-choice format, which requires only recognizing the correct answer rather than actually recalling that. And we'll cover that here in a second when we're talking about the science behind retrieval practice. Furthermore, in schooling, only a few subjects actually require the exam to have you do original or creative thinking on it. But the reality of testing is certain types of testing can be extremely powerful tools in your learning toolkit. So what's an example of the way you could use retrieval practice? Well, let's say that you're learning a musical instrument and you wish to improve by a certain amount. You could always hire a private tutor to test your knowledge of that musical instrument. But in reality, this will be much less rigorous than a form of testing that requires analysis, critical thinking, or even your own creation. What if instead you committed to testing your skills by learning a friend's favorite song for their birthday? Or better yet, what if you committed to composing an original piece for them? This example would be a powerful test of everything that you've learned, from key signatures to tempo, and it's bound to be more rewarding than some boring online quiz. Now, retrieval practice works so well because of something known as the testing effect in the science of learning. And by principle, this just states that the testing effect occurs when people learn more by being tested. Remarkably, people learn more by taking tests even when they don't get feedback on how well they did on the test. The mere act of test taking, such as trying to recall the material, improves learning. And such testing includes self-testing with flashcards or quizzes. The testing effect is most effective when the test is not too easy, saying students get about 90% or more correct, or too hard. And much of this springs from the concept of deprocessing, where you're spending a lot of mental energy trying to recall something to your mind, which is solidifying those links in your long-term memory. Additionally, by practicing testing over different periods of time, you're going to engage in something called spaced repetition and deliberate practice, two concepts that we'll cover here in the next few lessons. In one study composed by psychologists studying the different ways a student could learn, students were divided into four groups, each given the same amount of time to learn something, but using different learning strategies. And these include reviewing the text a single time, 
reviewing it repeatedly, free recall or testing, and concept mapping. Students were asked to predict how well they think they would do on an upcoming test based on their learning strategy. Those who did repeated reviewing predicted that they score the best, while those who practiced free recall predicted that they would do the worst in their final performance. However, what actually happened was quite the opposite. Testing yourself, trying to receive information without looking at the text, outperformed all other conditions. On questions based directly on the content of what they had previously studied, those who practiced free recall remembered almost 50% more than the other groups. Now, based on the science, you can see this is highly effective, but let's talk specifically to what it's going to help you in your learning and the results that you'll receive when you use it. The first thing is that it really allows you to check yourself. Often in life, we lie to ourselves more than anyone else. We tell ourselves that we can wake up early and go to the gym, knowing full well that it's probably not going to happen. And for the most part, these little white lies are not only normal, they are a valuable skill to have. Being able to lie to ourselves that everything is going to be okay, that things will happen for a reason, or some seemingly bad occurrence will turn out for the best is a huge part of emotional resilience. Psychologists call this cognitive reframing. It's one of the best techniques out there for being a happier, more grounded person. However, when it comes to learning, this ability to lie to ourselves can actually hinder our progress. In many cases, we believe that we've learned something, but in fact, we haven't, or at least not to the level we would like. So testing yourself actually gets you to separate yourself from your emotions and see clearly whether you know the information or not. Additionally, when we use some of the other strategies like rereading, highlighting, and writing long notes, it really gets us comfortable with the material we're studying and convinces us that we're mastering it. In reality, this is often an illusion known as the fluency effect which causes us to make mistake fluency with mastery. All we're really doing with these other strategies is putting the information into our short-term memories. So if we test ourselves on it a few days later, we'll find that we're unable to recall most of what we've learned. And that's because what we're doing here is distinguishing between recognizing a concept and actually recalling a concept. You know that feeling when something is on the tip of your tongue and you aren't able to recall it to someone? but then they give you the answer of what you're trying to remember. And you go, yes, that's the one. That's what I was trying to remember. Well, that's recognition. And recognition is quite different from recall. To actually know something, we have to be able to not just recognize it, see it from among a bunch of choices or be told, this is what you were trying to think, but actually apply some higher level thinking towards it, which means recalling it from your long-term memory without seeing other choices that could cue you to what you're trying to remember. Now, how do we apply retrieval practice or testing at Plato University? Although at Plato University, we have no final exams or formal tests, there are several opportunities for retrieval. Sometimes we have you participate in answering different questions or engaging in free recall through short little quizzes throughout the course. Of course, none of these are graded. It's just to help you practice recalling the material from your memory. We also have small activities throughout the course that are like mini challenges and examples to test your understanding and apply the skill that you're learning. So now let's talk about how you can start applying retrieval practice in your learning. First off, perform active recall while learning, such as we talked about in the last section when we were first learning material, of looking over the material, reading it, learning from a course, whatever you're doing, and then spending a brief moment by looking away and trying to actively recall what you just learned. And then repeating this throughout the day, trying to actively recall that material later. Then to take this one step further and start engaging in retrieval practice, we're going to want to test ourselves. So I'll give you strategies for both when there's tests available for you to take that are already pre-made and when there aren't tests available. Now, if you're taking a formal class that's going to have a final exam, or maybe you've created your own learning plan, 
and you know some tests that you're going to use down the road, something that you can do to kick off this retrieval practice is actually take the final exam before you start learning anything. See, the standard way of viewing tests is that they work to evaluate the knowledge you have learned elsewhere. But the concept of retrieval flips this view on its head, suggesting the act of taking a test not only is a source of learning, but results in more learning than a similar amount of time spent in review. Now, an interesting observation from retrieval research, known as the forward testing effect, shows that retrieval not only helps enhance what you've learned previously, but can even help to prepare you to learn better. Regular testing of previously studied information can make it easier to learn new information. This means that retrieval works to enhance future learning even when there is nothing to yet retrieve because you haven't studied the information. So an example of this is, let's say that you're learning geometry. Before you actually start any learning session about geometry, get the final exam and try and answer all the questions before learning something. This is obviously gonna be very hard, but what it's going to do is help you retrieve some of the foundational knowledge that you know about math and geometry from experiences that you've had before and start to give you pathways and strategies for laying down that you can return to as you start to build new information on top of that. And with this forward testing effect, it implies that practicing retrieval might not only benefit from starting earlier than one is ready, but even before you have the possibility of answering these correctly. Now, once you start learning the material, you're going to want to test yourself again. And this is where the importance of practicing with old tests or tests that you can find online about the material becomes very valuable especially if you're doing a formal class and you have to take a test on this material later. Because research shows that the best way to prepare for a test is by practicing with problems and questions that are similar to those on the upcoming test. And these don't need to be full-length tests. You could even find practice problems online of the various things that you're trying to learn. But remember, practice problems won't help you if you just look at the answers when you're working them out. You need to practice problems yourself, even if you think you already understand them. This working things out yourself is what takes you to the pro learning of level, practicing that active recall and putting that information into long-term memory. Now you can often find formal tests of subjects that you're learning online. Like when it comes to licensing or professional exams, they're often old versions of the test available in either books or online resources. For school or online classes, a search for the name of the class or unit that you know will be covered and the word practice, quiz, or example, or questions can also unearth a lot of helpful materials. And websites like Course Hero can also help you find different resources for practice questions. Now, what happens when there aren't any formal tests for what you're learning, or it's some unique skill like starting a podcast that doesn't really lend itself to doing a formal test? Well, here are some strategies that you can use to create tests for yourself and engage in retrieval practice. The first thing you can do is create flashcards. These are amazingly simple yet effective way to learn pairing associations between questions and answers. But this can also be a major drawback of flashcards as they work really well for a specific type of retrieval when there's a pairing between a specific cue, such as a word, and a particular response, such as a definition. So if you're memorizing something like a foreign language and need to test yourself, flashcards work perfectly. Similarly, maps, anatomical diagrams, definitions, and equations can often be memorized via flashcards. The second tactic we'll discuss is the question book method. Now, most people that are learning, when they take notes, they're copying the main points as they encounter them in their learning material. However, another strategy for taking notes is to rephrase what you've recorded as questions to be answered later. So for example, instead of writing that Magna Carta was signed in 1215, you could instead write the question, when was the Magna Carta signed? With a reference to where to find the answer in case you forget. 
By taking notes as questions instead of answers, you generate the material to practice retrieval on later. So you start creating your own test that you can collect all these questions, put them into one form, and test yourself by going through it. Now, obviously, you could do this for really simple things that have simple answers, just like the example I just gave when you're trying to say when the Magna Carta was signed. However, something that would be more valuable and harder to do when you're reading something or learning from a piece of material is to restate the big idea that came from that learning resource and state that as a question. Since this is often implicit, it requires some deeper thinking and not just adding a question mark to some notes you copied verbatim. The next tactic you could use is self-generated challenges. And this works really well if you're trying to practice a skill, not merely remembering information. So for example, for a programmer, it's not enough to know what an algorithm means, but be able to write it in code. In this case, as you go through your passive material, you can create challenges for yourself to solve later. You may encounter a new technique and then write a note to demonstrate that technique in an actual example. For instance, the coder actually applying the algorithm that he's learning by trying to code something using it. Creating a list of such challenges can serve as a prompt for mastering that information later in practice and expand your library of tools that you're actually able to apply. The final technique we'll talk about is closed book learning. Nearly any learning activity can become an opportunity for retrieval if you cut off the ability to search for hints from the material that you're learning from. By preventing yourself from consulting the source, the information becomes knowledge stored inside your head instead of inside of a reference manual. Now, if you can't come up with old practice questions or find old tests, come up with some questions yourself that you think are likely to appear on the test in the future. If you're taking a course with stated learning objectives, try writing those as exam questions. This can work especially well for psychology, history, and other largely non-quantitative courses. Now, for our activity today to practice retrieval and testing, is going to be actually taking a small test on the previous six techniques that we've learned about during active learning. If you're a member on the Plato University platform, you'll already find some pre-written questions for you to answer about the previous techniques. And if you aren't already a member, come join us. It's free to sign up. Or you can create your own questions. Thinking about the previous six techniques, ask your questions that will help you to actively recall the information from your mind about what those six techniques are and maybe how you apply them. Thank you for taking the How to Learn Anything course. To get everything you need to become a pro learner, including advanced resources, personal coaching, and a community of passionate learners just like you, then visit plato.university slash courses slash learning and join us for free. Again, that's plato.university slash courses slash learning. This course was produced by Plato University, where students turn passions into purpose and learn skills to change the world. Learn more at plato.university.